<laughs> My ankles are cold. <laughs> I'm going to have to start wearing long socks. Praise God. <laughs> well, let's open up our Bibles. We've been, uh, we, of course, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. And um, <clears throat> book of Ephesians. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> Some of y'all like, Six. <laughs> well, if they showed up, they're still out in the parking lot. You're welcome to go count them. <laughs> That's our prayer. They got to stay out, right, Ted? Amen. Chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Isn't that great? Yes. So the Bible gives us provision for being strong in the Lord and in the strength and in the power of his might. You know what that means? You don't have to stand in the strength of your own might. Amen. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all... To stand, stand therefore, amen. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And verse 18 says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. Of course, he asked for prayer for himself as well. Amen. <laughs> and so I like that. Praise God. So we've been talking about uh, spiritual warfare and uh, Jasmine asked a question uh, concerning spiritual warfare. And, uh, and you all know, I, um, I, I really wanted to refer her to some, some uh, recording, some message, some book, some teaching. And I've, I've, done, so, I've done a lot. Of, I, I don't know if you all really know this or not, but I've done a whole lot of studying on spiritual warfare. On uh, demons, demon spirits, uh, the origin, the operation of demons. Um, I've, done a, I've done a lot of study on deliverance. <laughs> I know so somebody asked me one time, they said, why don't you teach on deliverance? Because I'd rather get people delivered than 
just teach on it, you know. Um, honestly, some of you are more likely to cast out a devil on accident than you ever were on purpose. And uh, I just, just way, um, anyway, so um, I think that sometimes people purpose in their heart to do certain things, and, um, and sometimes it's just better to, for it to come uh, as it comes. But anyway, so um, in having done a lot of studying on this, I've, I've run across a lot of, 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 of uh, books and teaching that is really, really good. <laughs> But typically, it doesn't take too long before people to kind of get, uh, get out there uh, beyond what the Bible says. And so um, I wanted to now, again, let me, let me say this, because that sounds like I don't think that um, anyone is doing this right. Well, Pastor Randy got them kids yelling in there. Boy, we're going to go crash that party. Amen. But uh, it's not that uh, I think that anyone is, uh, that there's no one that um, teaches or preaches on this subject that's worth listening to. It's just I think that um, um, it's important. It's important that we uh, that we uh, that we understand what the Bible says. We want to we want to know what the Bible says about this, and then there'll be other things that we'll uh, you know that we will uh, encounter and things that we will uh, uh, discover. That um, you know, there's some things that I've experienced with the Lord that that go beyond the boundaries of what the Bible says. I mean, that sounds kind of weird, right? That we would have these experiences with God that, you know, that we, we can't really look at Scripture and say, hey, look, I found the same experience that I had in the Word of God. But so, sometimes I think people are given to talking about those things and trying to make those things doctrine. You, you want me to give you... The, oof, no, forget it. I'm not going to give you an example. Um, we, I don't want to shoot that cow right now. But anyway, um, so uh, when, we were, when we started this, we, we had, I asked you if there were things that you would like to uh, um, learn about this. And so um, we, we definitely uh, have some things that we could learn concerning this. And so one of the, one of the things that um, was asked was about um, mental illness and um, the correlation of mental illness with um, uh, demon spirits. So go to the book of Luke. Chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. So uh, is there a correlation between mental illness and, uh, and the demonic? Well, first of all, we've, we've established this already, that <laughs> sounds like Titus back there. Oh, no, I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. That sounds like... <laughs> Like that boy, that boy. <laughs> it's okay that Titus. That was Titus on the train at Souter Village. 
Yeah, yeah, post-traumatic stress. <laughs> he thought it was a... Uh, Luke chapter 8, so we're going to start with verse 26. 26. So we were, we were, able, we were able to establish um, that sin uh, and uh, man turning over their, the deed to the earth and their authority over to Satan and over to Lucifer uh, when men fell and, and gave themselves over to sin. That, that's what opened up the door for sickness, disease, infirmity. And how many of you know that prior to uh, the fall of man, uh, that God didn't have a plan for men to be sick in any way, shape, or form, which includes mental you know, incapacity, mental illness, mental instability, or um, uh, emotional uh, you know, emotional uh, problems, things of that nature. God never intended for anxiety. You know, the Bible tells us, be anxious for nothing. Be, it says it this way, be careful for nothing. Another translation says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. And so the Bible doesn't teach us to be anxious. So when anxiety comes, we know that that's against what God intends for his people. Because Bi the Bible tells us not to be anxious about anything, not to be careful about anything. So anxiety, uh, panic, uh, disorders, panic attacks, things of that nature. Um, um, back in the day, they used to call it nerves. <laughs> and they'd give them a nerve pill. <laughs> that was a volume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, these things didn't come from the Lord. And so we can, we can, we can definitely say that. But is, is every mental illness or every time someone struggles with a mental illness or mental instability or emotional instability, is, that, is it, is it uh, the source directly a demon? Or is there a demon working in that individual's life? Now, I'm going to show you in Scripture that there are times that there are demon spirits in operation that cause people to be, you know, mentally incapacitated, mentally ill, uh, mentally unstable, emotionally unstable, and have these troubles. So Luke chapter 8, verse 26, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee, and he went forth to land. Uh, and when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils. A long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oft times it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Uh, when they that uh, fed them 
saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And so we see that in this particular verse of Scripture, um, this man's mental illness or um, mental, whatever you want to call it, mental instability, what, the source of it was the fact that he was demon-possessed. And because he was demon-possessed, he was out of his mind. So there are times that there are people that can be out of their mind because they are demon-possessed. But that's not, always, that's not always the case. There are sometimes people are uh, battling with some sort of uh, chemical imbalance, some sort of, of uh, um, uh, you know, what, whatever, whatever might cause. I know that uh, um, in another portion of Scripture, there was a boy that, that uh, a father had brought to Jesus, and you all will remember this story. There was a boy that was brought to, to Jesus by his father, and the father said, Lord, I brought my son to your disciples for him to heal them. Can you heal my son? He's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. In other words, he was, uh, he was in, in the mind of those that were, uh, that were uh, uh, observed, his father. This kid, uh, would, he said, would sometimes throw himself into the fire and sometimes throw himself into the water. But when you look at, up the word lunatic, the word means moonstruck. Moonstruck means uh, epileptic, epileptic. And so sometimes, you know, people can have uh, some kind of sickness, a physical illness or a physical uh, impairment in the natural that causes them to do things that they wouldn't normally do, to act ways that they wouldn't normally act, to, uh, to entertain things they wouldn't normally entertain. And so um, definitely there are times when an evil spirit is behind um, mental illness, but not all the time, not all the time. So, um, so here's, here's what we have to do. We have to, we have to discern by the spirit whether people are under the influence of a bad spirit or if what's going on with them has to do with something physical. Um, let me tell you a testimony. Um, there's, I went to Pastor Rubin's church in Swanton, Ohio, one of the first times I was there. How many of you all remember a couple that came with Pastor Rubin uh, to visit us that uh, one, one of uh, Jennifer and Alan, Alan and Jennifer, you remember them? And they brought their daughter Ashley with them. Uh, you know, they came for revival. And Alan and Jennifer, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, they love the Lord. Uh, they love Jesus. When I first met Jennifer um, was this first time that I went to Pastor Rubin's church. And she was in the back of the church, and I was preaching, and I noticed that as I was preaching, she was pacing back and forth in the back of the church. And she would sit down, and she would, she would grab at her head, and she would talk to herself, and, and she just seemed like she was in distress, like she was very anxious. And uh, it was, how many of you know that's extremely unusual? And so you, when you see something like that happen, you think, hey, what's going on there? So I preached, and, and uh, 
gave, gave the altar call, prayed for many people. The whole time that I was preaching, uh, she, was, she was in this distress, and she, she kept talking to herself, and I thought, I thought she was crazy, you know, just in the natural. Uh, I thought, this woman's got, you know, she might be a hamburger short of a Happy Meal here. Um, and so after the service, um, I didn't. I didn't inquire about it because I, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to seem. Um, I didn't want to seem nosy, but uh, I noticed that they that she kept coming around me. She would come. She'd walk up to me, and then she would walk to the back of the building, and she was in tears. She seemed to be in distress, and finally, Pastor Ruben's wife motioned for her to come over, and she came up, and she was just in tears, crying, and um, and I said. What's, what's going on? I said, what's, what's your name? And uh, they told me her name was Jennifer. She didn't respond to me. Uh, they told me her name was Jennifer. And I said, well, Jennifer, what, what do you got going on? And, and she goes, I, I still, I'm so sorry. I don't want to bother you. I'm so, I'm so sorry. And she just began to cry. And she, and she started to run away from me. And I said, Jennifer. I said, um, I'm, I asked you to come over here and talk to me. You, you didn't interrupt me. I said, come over here and sit down. And she reluctantly came over in tears. I mean, she was, she, if, if uh, she was, it was not just crying. She was, she was almost hysterical in tears and uh, could barely bring herself to sit down next to me. And so when she sat down next to me, I said, Jennifer, what is going on with you? I said, I noticed you back there. What's going on? You know, I'm going to tell you something. Many times people that are struggling with mental illness or emotional instability and struggling in that, in that arena, number one, they're very self-conscious. And they make a lot of assumptions about how people are going to, uh, uh, how they're going to appear to others. And uh, they make a lot of assumptions about how people are going to, number one, perceive them and treat them. And most people don't want to recognize that, listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Whether someone is mentally, physically, emotionally impaired, they're people. Boy, I'm going to get out there. Anyway, they're people. And we have to, we have to treat them like people. You know, you know it's so strange how we will change the way that we talk to people based on our perception. I did, I did that with Emery when he was, when he, when he was, uh, um, uh, man, how old was Emery? Eight years old or nine years, eight years old, right? He was eight years old when he passed, right? Is that right? When Emery was eight years old, I would see him and I'd be talking to him like he was a tiny baby. Hi, Emery, hi, Emery. I remember one time I went to talking to him that way, and he looked me square in the eyes like, what in the world is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we think that just because someone is impaired or someone has some kind of sickness that somehow or another, they have no brain. That they're, they're so out of their mind that they have no, you know, and, and, and I know that doctors will say, well, they have, they have the a personality or they have the uh, uh, tendencies or the, of, a, of a three or four-year-old or, or whatever. But we have to treat people uh, with respect and with love. We have to love people. Oh, yeah. 
And so I sat Jennifer down and I, I was just like, and I didn't, you know, I didn't even know whether she could listen to me or not. She, she, she could barely listen through the service. And so I wasn't aware of whether or not she had the ability to, to hone in on what I was saying, if she was so tormented that she couldn't. But you know what? I was going to speak to her. And I, I wasn't going to talk to the, if there was an evil spirit there. Now, I didn't know. I didn't know whether there was a bad spirit in operation there or not. How many of you have ever been in that situation where you've encountered people and you couldn't tell whether there was a demon involved or whether it was just... <clears throat> so you know what we have to rely on? We have to rely upon the Holy Spirit. You know what? If you can't tell, you better pray in tongues. If you can't tell whether someone is, uh, is possessed or oppressed by an evil spirit and what they're dealing with has to do with the devil, boy, you better start praying in the Holy Ghost. And if the Lord never reveals to you what it is that you have to deal with, well, then you know what? God's word always works. If you, don't, if you don't know whether this is an evil spirit and you ought to cast it out or if it's some kind of sickness, then you know what you do? You minister the word of God. Well, you know, God hadn't given you a spirit of timidity or fear, but the Bible says he's given you a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And you know, that's what I began to tell Jennifer. I said, you know, Jennifer, God wants you to have a sound mind. God hadn't given you a spirit of fear a spirit of anxiety, a spirit of timidity. God hadn't given you that kind of spirit. I said, that what you're feeling right now, trying to get away from me, that is not the Lord. God's given you a spirit of power. Right. Hallelujah. I told her, I said, that's dunamis. I said, that's dynamite. I said, that means you can blow up this timidity. You can blow up this anxiety. Amen. That dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. I said, you can blow this. Amen. I know I've jumped right in here. but um, So as I'm, as I'm there trying to hear from the Spirit, and listen, church, God speaks. God is a speak. Say that with me. Say, God is a speaking God. If he speaks to, listen, if God will speak to me, he will speak to you. You know what the Bible says about the voice of God and him speaking? The Bible says his sheep hear his voice. Another, they will not follow. Another, they will not uh, give their ear to. You know what you need to, you know what you need to say every day? Because the devil is going to tell you, you can't hear the voice. You need to say it every day. I can hear the voice of God. Glory to God. You know what? Maybe you all need to start waking up with that in your mouth. I can hear the voice of God. I'm hearing the voice of God today. Hallelujah. God is speaking to me now. Amen. He is talking to me. We have fellowship one with another. I meet with him like Moses met with him. Face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. I speak unto the Lord. Amen. How can I do that? Because I have a better covenant. The Bible says that the covenant that I have is better than the covenant that Moses had. And if Moses can be friends with God and speak to him face to face, then I can speak to him in the same fashion and in the same manner. Amen. Amen. So as I'm there assessing and just trying to hear from the Lord, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, many, she, not many, every preacher that she has ever met has told her she was demon-possessed. 
and that she's fighting with an evil spirit. He said, but she is not fighting with an evil spirit. She needs medication to subdue the symptoms until she can develop faith to receive her healing. She had not said one word to me. She sat there trembling and trying to get up. And when the Lord spoke that to me, were you there, Shree, when, when that happened? I, I scooted in real close to her and I grabbed her by the arm and I looked her in the eyes. I said, Jennifer, look at me. And she looked me in the face and I said, you are not demon possessed. The minute I said she was not demon possessed, all of a sudden, it seemed like a million pounds fell off of her shoulders. I said, Jennifer, what you're battling with is something that's going on in you physically. I said, go to the doctor. Let them give you some medicine so you can get these symptoms under control. And then... Go to, go, to, go to the mat and fight for your healing in the name of Jesus. I said, I'll agree with you. I said, will you do that? I said, I know, I know you don't know me, but will you do that? And she said, I will. Do you know she had resisted up to that point because she had been told so many times that she was demon-possessed that she just kept going from preacher to preacher looking for deliverance. And she came that night looking for me to cast devils out of her and pray for her deliverance because she had found no freedom. And you know what, church? That's not what she needed. Do you know the very next time I saw her, she had gone to the doctor, she had gotten on medication, and do you know that she was sitting through the entire service listening to me preach, taking notes. She was in a, a better in a better place in her mind than she had ever been before and was able to hold a conversation with me after that. Not only that, but she was able to go with Cherie to do ministry in the streets and win people to Christ and speak to people about the Lord. This I'm going to tell you right now. She, was a, she is a different person than she was that day that we first met her. So I just want you, you all to know that there is a possibility that those that are, uh, have mental illness, those that are um, or seemingly have mental illness, uh, that the source of that is the fact that they are, uh, are demon-possessed or uh, oppressed by an evil spirit. So that it can be that way. Um, but we have to discern by the spirit uh, the difference between uh, the two. Amen. No, if whether it's a, whether it's a, whether it's a, the source is demon possession, oppression, or whether it is they need a healing. We have authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have authority in the name of Jesus. So um, we 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 did talk about binding and loosing. Is that right? We talked about binding and loosing. Um, I'm not going to talk about familiar spirits yet, but um, so what is it that we need to know to successfully deal with evil spirits? You, you want me to tell you what you need to know? <laughs> if you want to be successful at being, uh, at dealing 
with evil spirits. Uh, when doing spiritual battle. <laughs> go to that screen. Go to the uh, go to the Ephesians chapter six. <laughs> oh goodness. I'm going to let you all in on a little... That's not really a secret. <laughs> we act like it's a secret. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get the joy here. I got the joy, I got the joy, I got the joy. <laughs> oh, goodness. <clears throat> Look at this. Look at these... Uh, uh, verses one more time. And let's specifically look at, at this. Um, verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So what do, what do you need to know? Well, let's look at this armor. Uh, if you're going to if you're going to be successful at dealing with evil spirits, if you're going to withstand See, some of y'all didn't know your answer was in the Bible. I mean, right there. It just how, how do we successfully deal? Well, if you're going to withstand in the evil day, you gotta take up you gotta take unto yourself the whole armor of God. And and here's what it says: and having done all to stand. Do you know what that means? Having done all to stand? That means you're going to come to your end. Here's what, here's what you need to know. You're going to come to, the, to your end. You, what do you mean your end? Well, the end of your knowledge. The end of your wisdom. The end of your strength. The end of your ideas. The end of your patience. Amen. You're going to come to the end of all of it. And the Bible says this, when you've done all to stand. What's it say next? Stand. It don't say sit. See, some of us in the natural, we, we've done all we can do to stand and we're looking for a chair to sit down on. I won't mention any names, Ted. But anyway... <laughs> but here's what the Bible says when you've done all to stand stand not in your now remember remember how this started out finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might right so what does that look like I'll tell you what it looks like stand therefore when you're at your end stand therefore how well, in the strength of his might. How do you stand in the strength of his might? You stand in the strength of his might by having your loins girt about with truth. Or in other words, having the girdle of truth. Well, what's the truth? Amen. The word of God is the truth.
Amen. Ted, Ted, what is that? What's that girdle of truth, or that, that uh, the the uh, um, the loin cloth, or the loin? You know, think about think about a Roman soldier. Can you think about the uniform of a Roman soldier? You know how they have that skirt that has the armor. You can you remember that? Back in, they got that skirt. I mean, you, you see it in all the you know all of the historical. Uh, drawings and movies and whatnot, but that's that's them having their loins girt about. What is what does that protect? It protects the reproductive system. Truth ensures that we remain reproductive. A church that isn't reproducing is a church that has departed from the truth. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Charlie, I went, to, I went from teaching to preaching. Amen. See, that, I, I believe this is why church, are y'all, are y'all with me today? I know, I know I just jumped in there. Y'all are, y'all are kind of quiet today. But, and I know I just jumped there. But have you, ever, have you ever stopped to consider these things? Why is it that the church, why is it that church growth uh, now in, in modern times is there's an exodus from one church to another church and that's how churches grow. People going from church to church to church to church. We're not fishers of men, we're keepers of aquariums. And sometimes there's transfer from one aquarium to the other. So what happened? what happened to the reproduction? What happened to People being born again, new people coming into the kingdom. Well, you know what? The only way that can happen is if you have your loins girt about with truth. The, the only way you can really stand, therefore, first part of it is having your loins girt about with truth, being strong in the Lord. So how is it that we withstand against the devil? We have to walk in truth. Church, you have to love truth. You have to be seekers of the truth. You have to love truth when it exposes you. That when, you when, when truth exposes, that's the hardest truth to swallow, man. When, when it exposes you. You know, there's some people that do anything to get out of being exposed. I was telling, I was telling Tyler that... Uh, um, well, I won't, I won't get into that. Anyway, um, well, it has nothing to do with, well, it kind of does. Eh. And now I'm not even, anyway. <laughs> but when you don't have your loins girt about with truth, then your business is exposed and the enemy is able to attack in that area that brings reproduction to the church. So we can't, we, we're, we can't be successful at dealing with the devil if we don't walk in truth. Amen. You'll know the truth. The truth will make you. Amen. Well, freedom comes from uh, being out from under the influence of the enemy. Amen. 
So having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Say breastplate of righteousness. Now I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Jesus Christ when I'm saying this. But anyway. <laughs> so, Andrew, get up here and pop and lock for us, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so the breastplate of righteousness. What is the what is the breastplate of righteousness? What what is a breastplate guard? Your heart. Huh? Yeah, your vital organs. The things that keep you alive, your heart. Now think of this, think of this in the spirit. What is what is what is righteousness preserve? Well, right standing with God. Standing in a right place of fellowship with the Lord. The breast say the breastplate of righteousness. So what is the breastplate of righteousness? Well, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, righteous, being in right standing with God is more than just, every one of you here are in right standing with God. But not every one of you live in the victory that comes with being in right standing with God. Do you know, do you know what it is that has kept you out of being uh, in the living in the victory of being in right standing with God, wrong thoughts, wrong concepts, wrong ideas, stinking thinking, religious thinking, believing that somehow or another that God deals with you and, and loves you and relates to you based on your performance. Well, I didn't do it right. The Lord don't like me today. I'm sure not gonna. I, I was driving with Gabe. I was driving with Gabe in the car. <laughs> I was driving with Gabe. And, um, I was, I, I don't remember what was wrong, what was going on with me, but I was, I was, I was trusting the Lord for healing in, in some way. And I was, I mean, we were just leaving the house and Gabe was just a little guy. He, so, so he's with me and, uh, and I, I'm making, I'm making my confession. Lord, I thank you for healing. God, I thank you for wholeness. Lord, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I was, I am, I was, and I forever will be healed. Glory to God. I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for my healing. I receive my healing, Lord, today in the name of Jesus. And so I pull out onto Pennsylvania, and, and we're going toward 164th. And, I mean, I live right there at 100, close to 164th and Pennsylvania Avenue. So... I mean, I'm, we're not even two minutes from the house and someone does something stupid like cut, they cut me off or something happened as I was driving and um, as they cut me off, I was like, you moron! And Gabe goes, there you are. You already blew it. <laughs> See, you, you didn't even get, you bet, Dad, we didn't even hardly leave the house and you was talking about healing and now that person jumped in front of you and now there goes your healing. Because you called that person a moron. See, it's almost like it is built into us. Like it's a part of our DNA that immediately we think that if we don't perform on a certain level, that somehow or another we don't qualify as righteous. Come on, y'all. Your, your breastplate of righteousness has nothing to do with your performance. 
It has to do with the price that Jesus paid 2,000 years ago. And you know how you wear that breastplate of righteousness? You don't wear that breastplate of righteousness because you live right, because you do everything right, because you perform well. You have that breastplate of righteousness on because you understand and you know who you are because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Let me, let, me, let me let you in on a little secret. Years ago, there was a fellow by the name of Larry Lee that wrote a couple of books. And one of the books that he wrote was, Could, could, could You Not Tarry One Hour? And in that book, he talked about uh, the disciples and how you know they, the Jesus had them praying. And they fell asleep and Jesus came back and he said, Could You Not Tarry One Hour? So he was going to teach us how to pray for an hour a day. Larry Lee. Do you know what his prayer was? His prayer came out of these verses of scripture. Putting on the armor of God. And so he would go through this whole thing. All right, let's go through putting on the armor of God. We're going to, we're going to put on the loincloth of truth today. Let, let, me, let, let me tell you something. If you have to put it on... Every day, you are in trouble. That loincloth of truth should never come off. If you took, if you took it off, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I remember, I remember when, I would, when, when I would watch him preach on that, and I would watch people go through that. I would think, what are they doing? Why have they taken it off to begin with? Why do they have to put it on every day? And I mean, they would pray in tongues and everything. I mean, they would spend a significant amount of time. Come on, let's put on our loincloth of truth. Yeah, the helmet of salvation. <laughs> Dear God. How do you take off righteousness? <laughs> yeah we can't sleep with this armor we're gonna put it all aside <laughs> we, we we live in this place continually constantly are y'all hearing me today all right so breastplate of righteousness what is the next one <laughs> your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on your shoes of peace. What does peace protect? Your walk. Your walk. Do you know when the enemy stops your forward motion? The minute he takes your peace. The minute you're not in peace, you stop forward motion. now you know the minute you get over into anxiety you stop isn't that right the minute you get over there outside of the peace of God that passes all understanding you quit moving forward you quit doing what God called you to do 
How do, how do we success? See, we think we success. I'm going to tell you something. You don't successfully deal with demons by clanking sticks together. I love the, I love, listen, I love, I love the song. I love the song, but you know what? You know how you don't, you, you know, you, you don't engage the enemy by singing. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I, I mean, I like, I like the, I like the song. I like what it says. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I like that. Amen. It may look like it's encouraging, but guess what? That's not how you fight the battle. Amen. You know how you fight the battle? By resisting everything that tries to get you off of your walk. Come on, somebody. Amen. That when fear tries to come. When doubt tries to come, when anxiety tries to grip you, when the devil tries to lie to you and tell you that God is not with you, that you're not going to make it. Listen, bless God, not only are we going to, amen. Glory to God. I'm a, can, I tell, can I tell you something? I don't care what you're going through. I don't care whether you, you might have created the trouble that you're going through. The devil may have created the trouble that you're going through. Someone else may have created the trouble that you're going through. But guess what? The Bible says this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. You know, the Bible doesn't say that God only delivers us out of the ones that we didn't create. Come on, somebody. It doesn't say that God only delivers us out of the ones that he sees. Listen, the Bible doesn't give any. When the Bible doesn't give any limitations, then you need to take off the limits. Amen. Even if you created the situation, you've got to believe that God will deliver you out of every affliction in the name of Jesus. Amen. See, this, that's how you fight your battle. By, you, you know what? You know what that does? When we start declaring the word of God, like, you know what it does? It brings peace to a stressful situation. When the bill, co- you know, when the bill collectors are calling. When the bill collectors are calling. Anybody ever have a bill collector call you? It's always so happy. It's always such a happy, isn't it such a happy moment when you get that cutoff notice? Anybody ever got a cutoff notice? Anybody ever have them show up at your door? Listen, when they show up at your door, it's gotten serious. You ever got a certified letter from the IRS? Anybody? Listen, listen, when, if you get a certified letter from the IRS, it's gone to the next level. <laughs> Amen. Some, some people, 
That's, that's, that's it. That's enough for them. They're done. They're done. My, my, but my, my Bible says that God has the power to deliver us out of every bit of it. You know what that does? You know what that does for me? That brings me peace. Glory to God. So your feet need to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. <laughs> is, this, is, that, is that for anybody? Next verse. Above all. Say above all. Now what does that mean? That means this is important. Above all, and above everything else. Taking the shield of faith. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. Come on. So what does that faith do? Wherewith you shall be able to quench some of the fiery darts. <laughs> See, we need to read. Sometimes we need to just take time to read these scriptures. And read them for what they say. Above all, taking down. Now, see, here's some people. Well, you can't use faith for everything. You know, brethren, there are people that really believe that you can have faith for anything. But you know, God helps those who help themselves. Amen. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you. Do you know? Do you know? I could never. I could barely get anybody to get with me on the things that I was believing God for. And it started, I mean, it started right away. I, I, I told people, I'm going to be a preacher. They're like, you're, you're a moron. I was 16 years old. I'm like, God's called me to preach. God's called me to be an evangelist. Lord told me I'm supposed to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. That's what he told me. You know, nobody, nobody, nobody. I, I, had, I had no one. When, when I say no one, I am talking nobody. Nobody, everybody had an idea of what that looked like, but it didn't look like the way God had shown me. Because I told him, I said, I'm not going to be an old man when I start preaching. I'm, pre- I'm going to start preaching now. The Lord's opening up doors for me now. I'm going into ministry now. Amen. Now, here's the thing. You, I wasn't just saying that because... When we, when we talk about confession, confession is not saying something until it happens. Saying something you want. It's not, it's not the power of positive thinking. It's not, it's not the power to uh, conjure something based on if I say it enough, it will happen. Confession is based on hearing a word from God and homologio. Saying what God said. Saying what God says, coming into agreement with God and with his plan. Homologio, y'all remember? Yes. Law of confession. And so confession is not just simply saying something over and over and over again in hopes that it'll happen. But see, that's how some of you have performed this. Yes. Well, I'm just going to keep saying it. Pastor said keep saying it. No, you, you have to say what God says. And I wasn't saying that I was going to be an evangelist, that I was going to preach to God. I wasn't saying that just to try to make it happen. I was saying it because that's what God said. Yeah. 
And because it's what's got, what God said, it, it began to manifest. So here I am. It's, I mean, I, I told this to my father that I was going to preach. And uh, he's like, yeah, but you're going to finish school first. I was like, Pop, I think I'm going to have to preach. Like, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what school looks like. He's like, I know exactly what school looks like. It's where you're going. And so I did. I went, I went to school. But do you know, while I was at school, do you know my, uh, um, one, one of the things that uh, was the catalyst of getting me to quit school and to go full-time in the ministry was, was one day I got called into the office by uh, the uh, a superintendent of the school along with my counselor and um, my uh, principal. I think I was in the 10th grade, I think. I'd failed once or twice, but anyway... Um, not because I was stupid, I just didn't do the work. And one year I was expelled for six months or whatever. <clears throat> Most of the year. No yeah, no big deal. Um, that was when they tried to institutionalize me. So anyway, um, I get called into the office, and when I get to the office, the superintendent is there and says, uh, we need to have a talk. <laughs> I was like, all right, what, what's going on? Well, um, first of all, you can't keep having these preachers call the school and having them schedule, try to schedule meetings with you. These secretaries don't work for you. They work for the uh, more public schools. And we can't have you being called out of class and them taking uh, uh, messages for you and and. You need to tell these people that are trying to contact you here at this school, these preachers need to tell them not to call you here. I said, well, I don't encourage anyone to call me here. It's just, it's just I, don't, I don't know why they call here. Maybe they don't know how to get a hold of me. I know I get quite a few phone calls, but I'm not trying to get them to call me here because I would get phone calls from preachers at, at the school uh, to try to schedule with me. They would, come to the, they would come to the school and try to have lunch with me at school. <laughs> they said, listen, you, you, can't, you can't do this. You've got to stop. This is causing a disruption in the flow of, of us doing things here at this school. And so we have some recommendations. And finally, my counselor jumped in. She was an Episcopalian lady. She was filled with the Spirit, but she... Um, Kind of, which was kind of weird, a spirit-filled Episcopalian hanging out with a spirit-filled Mennonite, all right? And so she was like, <clears throat> she was like, uh, she calmed the, because the superintendent was getting kind of, you know, in my face. And so she calmed the superintendent and said, listen, Ziggy, we have a, we have a recommendation. She said, I, I would never tell anyone else to do this, but it's clear to me, and I'm sure it's clear to you, and it's clear to all of us, that your life is set on a path to doing ministry. She said, there's nothing that this school can do. No one is going to teach you anything that's going to help you do what God has called you to do. So I would never recommend this to anyone else. She said, but you know what I'm recommending to you? I'm recommending that you withdraw from school and that you pursue ministry. You have people that are calling you here. You're out doing ministry. You're ministering. She said, the only reason you come to school is to do ministry. I said, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> You're not wrong. She says, and as much as I appreciate the work that you do here at school, you need to be about the father's business. She said, it's my recommendation that you withdraw. You know what? I wanted to withdraw real bad because I hated school. It was so close to my flesh. But you know, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Some of you, if the Lord told you to quit your job tomorrow, boy, you'd, you'd quit lickety-splitting. It wouldn't be because God told you. It'd be because you hate working. You know what? You, God will not let you quit as long as you hate working. God's not going to let you quit working. See, some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you like, some of you like, well, yeah, boy, I, I hate paying bills. Boy, I wish the Lord would deliver me from the, God, let me win the lottery. You, you know what you've got to do? You've got to love the truth. You've got to love the truth. And you know, as much as I hate paying bills, if I owe somebody something, I want to pay them. If I borrowed money, I want to meet my obligations. I want to do everything that I can. And you know what? I don't want to do it with a bad attitude. I'm the one that borrowed it. They didn't make me borrow it. They didn't hold a gun to my head. You ever, you ever meet people that they're, it's almost like they're offended with the people that want them to pay them back the money they owe them. Listen, how are you going to get up with someone that you borrowed money from? Act like they're the villain. Take your measly money, man. You ever see people, people that way? Listen, you're going to be in debt for a long time. Because you got a bad attitude. But when you have it in your heart, do you know if God said he, you know when God says he's going to do something, you know what he does? He does it. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Do you know God expects you to keep your word? Words are important to God. And when you say you're going to do something, God wants you to stand behind your word. And Ted, I am preaching. You know what? The minute you be about the business of trying to do what you said, meeting your obligations, having a right heart and a right attitude about it, doing it as doing it. That's what opens up the door for the, amen. It wasn't that I hated school and would rather do ministry that, that opened up the door for me to do ministry. It was me having a heart to do the will of God. In fact, because, because, I, I dis, because I disliked school so much, it was a hindrance and got in the way of me being able to really jump out there in faith and really be able to do what the Lord wanted me. Because I, I had to determine, is this, you know, is this my flesh? Or is this the Lord opening up a door for me to walk through? I'm not sure how some of us have made it as far as we've made it in life. The minute the going gets tough, we get going somewhere else. 
We don't get going forward to pursue what it is that the Lord has told us. All of a sudden, you know, when it doesn't, uh, when it doesn't please us or it doesn't rub us the right way, God has changed his mind. You know, God's not schizophrenic. If you're busy with another assignment this year than what you had last year, and last year's assignment was different than the prior year's assignment, and the prior year's assignment was different than the prior year, do you know I have never had the Lord change his mind that much on me? If the Lord told you he was going to create success for you in some area and you never got success, but you departed from that area because the Lord led you somewhere else, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting whether the Lord really led you. Well, praise God. Well, tonight's not one of them shouting nights, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, we were shot. See, f faith, faith will guard you from all the attempts that the enemy will try to make to keep you from being successful at what the Lord has called you to do. Amen. Praise God. Listen, we got to quit making excuses. Yeah. You know, I'm just so fat. And so am I, but I did it. Heck, I have been skinny and I have been fat. Fat was way better than skinny, I'll be honest with you. You know, you're happier when you're fat because you know you're not restricting yourself so much. I'm not saying it's healthy. But, uh, you know, it didn't bother me much. I, honestly, you know, uh, some people, when I lost weight, people were like, oh, I bet you feel so much better. I was like, no, I feel the same. I got the same energy. I have the same. The only thing that was different is I could buy clothes at the mall. I didn't have to order online. It does take me a little bit longer to get from point A to point B when I'm heavy. But it's only because I just want to try to keep from sweating so much. <laughs> but you know what? Some people use that as an excuse. Well, you know, I'm just so, you know, I, I just feel so sick over being so fat. I just let myself go and you know, God don't care nothing about that. He don't give a rip yeah. about your fatness. Yeah. I don't care nothing about Listen, if the Lord hadn't told you nothing about your fatness, he don't care. Yeah. I've got news for you. If that's what you think is blocking you from doing everything, you better get over there in faith. A dart, a dart got through if that's what you think is holding you back. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Man, you know this job? Come on, y'all. We act like tired is going to kill us.
Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going to be real good here. I'm not going to get crazy. We're not going to get crazy. Because, listen, I know not everybody's like me. Thank you, Jesus. I know some of you picture me being at the house studying all day for this message. Right? Pastor, he's in I could see Pastor. Some of you picture these things. I've been in annual inspection for the airplane for the last week. It started last Thursday. Is that what it started last Thursday? Last Thursday, then... Ted came over Thursday. Don, you came over Thursday. You come and hung out. You know, <clears throat> we started that annual inspection. <clears throat> I didn't get enough done on Thursday. Because, you know, we had some fellowship. And, and I talked with Ted and Debbie for about four hours. They came, but Debbie came over to about, Ted was there from four to, he was there from four, about the time you came. And, uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, Debbie rolled in at about 8. Now, I had been there since 7 in the morning. Well, you know, Ted and Debbie left, and, and, and here's the other thing. It's cold. Can't do anything. It was pretty cold, so I got a heater. So I dressed warm. You know, what, what's, what's wrong? So, yeah, so we was, we was there till 11. 11? Hey, you know, I still had stuff to do. So I stayed there until 7 the next morning. I went home. Now, don't feel sorry for me. Stuff needed done. I had, I had lots of stuff happen during, you know, people call me during the day. Nobody calls me between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. So I, I got in a lot of good work. I went to the house. I slept for a couple hours from like 7 until 9. I went back to the hangar, worked another day. Tyler and I just got back from the hangar before we rolled in here. We got there at 8 o'clock this morning. Worked all day. Working all day ain't going to kill you. It shouldn't knock you off course. It shouldn't knock you off. You know, many people never get, never, never get over there into prosperity because... If God prospers them, they want to quit working. Well, guess what? Lord prospers me. I've never wanted to quit working. Again, I'm not trying to rip off my arm to pat myself on the back. I'm just trying to tell you principle. See, faith, faith will, faith works. Listen, listen to how I'm saying this. Faith will put you to work. Faith will not let you sit. The Bible doesn't say the just shall sit by faith. The just will live by faith. For we 
walk by, it doesn't say we sit by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So faith, faith without works is, faith will put you to work. Amen. But you know what? You won't rely upon the work to, to provide all your needs. You'll rely on the Lord. But when you walk in faith, faith will require that you work. Amen. Faith ain't lazy. Faith don't sit at the house watching a TV, eating Cheetos. I want to. I want to. I want to have a job like pastor. No, you don't. You do not want to hang out. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. You do not want to come around me. And listen, listen to me. Take brother Ted's advice. Ted has literally sat with me for days on end when I worked from 7 a.m. In the morning until four o'clock in the morning the next morning. Slept for three hours and said, Ted, you, Ted, why don't you meet me there in a few, meet me back over here in a few hours. Go back. Uh-uh. I'm done. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't have hung out with me either. <laughs> but anyhow, I... I, I this is something that Tyler never talked about. We, that we were talking about, many times prosperity, healing, deliverance, success in life and in ministry comes not because we're, we're so busy trying to work the principles, but because we're busy just living by faith. Do you, do you know what I'm not doing all the time? Money cometh to me now. not what I'm doing. If I need to, I'll do it. Do you know I'm not, I'm not busy looking at my seed to see if it grows? Right. <laughs> I, I don't see it working. I planted it yesterday. Lord knows I got to have it. I got to have it by Friday. Can somebody help me here? <laughs> you know what makes you know what makes people that are outside of faith mad? Uh, when you don't get in a panic with them. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> oh my! What, what are you gonna do? Oh dear God! Let's come on! Let's pray hard. <laughs> How exactly do you pray hard? <laughs> Let's pray real hard, Ted. <laughs> Use those Kegel muscles. <laughs> like you're holding your pee. That's how you pray hard. Oh, God. 
I'm not trying. Listen, I know. I, I, hope, I hope none of you are getting mad at me. But we, we, ought, we ought to, all of us struggle sometime in these areas. I'm saying these things so that, I'm not saying these things to make fun. I'm saying these things so that you can identify. Oh, see, there, that's what it is. That's what, you know what? Quit, quit watching your seed. Just sow it. Be determined that no matter what happens, you're going to live for God. You're going to keep believing what you believe no matter what you see. Whether you see something come out of the ground or not. I don't care if something breaks out of that ground. God, I'm going to believe you. When you live your life in faith, you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Listen, when the devil can't get you to stress and wring your hands over your seed and over your sickness and over your family and over your job. Anybody looking for a job? Several people looking for jobs. Several people looking for Some people looking for promotions. Guess, guess what? Let, let me tell you something. Man, I've looked all over. Doesn't seem like it. Guess what? It works out for those that believe. Every time. Every time. I know some of you are like, I thought this was about spiritual warfare. What do you think this is? Y'all fighting spiritual warfare every day. And, and sometimes losing the battle. Just because of a wrong attitude. Just because you're not like, you know what, I don't care what it looks like. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, I will bless you at all times. And your praise is going to continually be in my... Devil, you're not going to get me to shut up. I'm going to praise God when it's good. And I'm going to praise God when it's bad. Amen. When it's dark, I'm going to praise God. When it's light, I'm going to praise God. When I'm winning, I'm going to praise God. And when I'm losing, I'm going to praise Him even harder. Amen. Glory to God. See, when you determine to live your life by faith, say every fiery dark. Now, will anxiety, will anxiety stay away? No, it's going to try to come in. It's going to come knocking. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to break the door in. It's going to come and you know what you're going to do? I don't care. You Listen, I do not. I don't care. Listen, you need to write a song. I don't care. 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 Amen. That's not going to keep me from believing that he's my peace. Yeah, but you're anxious. Yeah, but he's my peace. Glory to He ain't anxious right now. He's just chilling. And I'm in the name of Jesus by faith. I'm chilling with him. Glory to God. I'm seated together with him in heavenly places. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how you that's how you that's how you fight this faith battle. Yes, Praise God. Resist the temptation of giving yourself over to the listen, quit being in quit feeling like that you are entitled yes. to feeling what you feel. That you're entitled to have the attitude of you. You're not entitled to anything. All you're entitled to is death. 
Because the wages of sin is death. But God gave you a free gift. Boy, listen, if I gave you a free candy bar, some of you would be like, thank you, Pastor. He gave you free eternal life. And every, every day some of you wake up and, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> I heard Shambach. I heard Shambach. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit here in a second. I, I heard Shambach. I Shambach told the story. He said he'd come to prayer meeting every day, and there was a woman in there. He'd come into prayer meeting, and she'd be going, Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. And he'd listen to that, and he'd be praying. He'd be like, my God. <laughs> he said, finally, he got so tired. He Listen, I'm going to tell you, church. I, some of you wonder why people look at you crooked. Because some people get tired. <laughs> and, then they get, and then people get, well, people don't treat me right. Some people get tired. They get tired of your foolishness. Can you, listen, can you blame people? What if I got up every Sunday and said, I just had the hardest week of my life, y'all. Pray for me, but, you know, let's crank up the music, Gabe. Let's just, let's sing some songs. Amen. <laughs> Pretty soon, y'all will get tired. You want to know how I know? Because I went to a church where every week the pastor would say, I just went through the hardest week of my life. And I wasn't even there every Sunday because I was traveling. I would just be there every now and again. And every now and again, I was like, this sucks. Please, Jesus. That's what Shambach said. She was that way every, every time, every time. Finally, one day, she's like, please, Jesus. And he walked up to her. He goes, change the please to thank you. She goes, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said she did that for a while, and then she's like, Hey, 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 thank you. Thank you. When she went to thanking God, all of a sudden her circumstances and her sin. Amen. Amen. The shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts. Every last one of them. None of them. Listen, I heard an old boy. He said, he said some of y'all, he says, you're, he says you're have so many darts in your shield of faith that you're just, it's heavy and you're dragging it behind you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. He said, your helmet is, salvation is crooked on your head. You lost a strap on your breastplate and it's hanging sideways. 
He said, you left your loincloth of truth somewhere on the battlefield, and you're showing off all your business. One of your shoes of faith is off somewhere, you know, hanging on a clothesline or a or power line somewhere. He's like, well, y'all look a mess. <laughs> I thought, you know, that probably is kind of what people look like. But you know, the Bible says that if we're going to successfully deal with evil spirits, with the devil, with evil, that we've got to stand with these things. Working in our life. All right. Then, the, of course, the last, last, last two. Go, go, let's go to the next verse, Joe. Joe, you're doing such a great job. I'm moving so slow, and you're so patient. And take the helmet of salvation. Say the helmet. What does it say? Take the. What does it say to do with it? Take it. Take it. What does it say? Take quit, quit doubting your salvation. Just take it. Take it. Take your salvation. Take your salvation. You know what? Salvation isn't just the forgiveness of sins. Salvation is the whole ball of wax, the whole enchilada blessing of God, the, the whole blessing of God that permeates every fiber of your being and touches every aspect of your life. Provision has been made in every way, shape, and form for you. God has given you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. Amen. Salvation has taken care of it all. Take it. Well, how do you take it? Well, you, do, you, you don't take it just but Amen. Remember we talked about taking, amen, things. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, folks. Amen. And here's the other thing. Praying always. Say praying always. Not something. Listen, you can pray when you don't want to pray. Your prayer works whether you think it's working or not. You ain't got to feel it. You ain't got to be all clenched up. Hey, oh, God. Some of you think like you got to be like Randy Macho Man. Say, oh, yeah, God. Oh, yeah. This is going to get a really big God. I went to a church in Moore. I used to call that church the WWF Church. Because that's how they did everything. They had their announcement like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a great week this week. I mean, it was just like W. We're going to have a great week this week. Tell, tell them about it. Mean Gene. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then the lady, you know, they're introducing, come tell us about what's happening in the women's ministry this week. Sister Lois. You know, you think she's going to come up and praise the Lord, everybody. No, she's like, oh, yeah, we got a great week planned for you women. God's girl. Start on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Oh, my God, we're going to have a great time. Come on, somebody, somebody. The whole service was that way. Of course, I thought it was great. I just made the mistake of getting up and telling them, this is a great church. Y'all remind me of the WWF. I didn't get an invite back. But anyway. <laughs> but some of us, some of us think that we got to pray with that kind of a, you know. <clears throat> I, 
I, th I think some of us, God don't even recognize us when we pray because we don't talk to him. We're like, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God. He'd be, he'd be like, who is that? Oh, it's him. Imagine if you went to McDonald's with that. I'll take a large Coke. A number one. Biggie size. Anyway. Any questions? <laughs> Any questions? Yes, Hilda. I wanted to add this question to the list. Jess, you, you got it. You got it. I know, it's so cute, isn't it? Her bump is just bumping. It's coming, it's, listen. It's cute. It hadn't dropped yet, but how many weeks are you supposed to be? I'm 37. 37 weeks. Oh, man, just, you're close. You're close. I know. Man, pretty soon you're going to come. Your belly's going to be down to your knees. We're going to be like, what happened that baby? Oh, it will. <laughs> you're good. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, Hilda. <laughs> um, with talking about spiritual warfare, I'm always drawn to bring in the angels because I know that we have angels from Psalm 91 Ooh. that come and do some things for us. So if we can talk about that, that would be great. Yes, how, that, how, how they feel, fit in to the role of so, spiritual warfare and uh, do we activate them in coming to uh, aid amen. us in the battle. Any other questions concerning uh, tonight, what we talked about, mental illness, or um, how uh, we successfully navigate the waters of dealing with... Demon spirits are easy to deal with. It's not, listen, it's not that hard. It's not cryptic. Honestly. The, uh, can I tell you something really honestly about the, the devil's an idiot? Honestly, the devil is so stupid. Uh, demons are dumb. Uh, I mean, they, they run into a bunch of pigs and then jump off a cliff. Not very, not very smart. So, uh, and I know some people will argue with that and say, there, well, there are some very uh, uh, intelligent demons. <laughs> well, okay. But I've never met that one. So, so, so these whole, all these things of, you know, um, binding the strong Listen, you might have to bind the strong man. I'm not saying that that will never happen. Uh, that may happen, but but I'll be honest with you. Uh, you're probably not going to be binding the strong man if if you can't live in victory yourself. You know, you, how, how are you going to bind a strong man if you can't live in victory from day to day? So we're, we're, that's why I'm talking about these things. God's giving you what it takes to win the battle. You're not a loser. You're a winner. That's why we call this church Winner's Church. We're, none of us are losers. We're winners all the time. Even when it looks like we lost, we won. You know why? Because it ain't over. It ain't over till you win. It ain't over till you win. You ever, you ever played with that person, a game with someone like that, Marissa? Listen, game night ain't over till Marissa wins. If she was here, she'd say, she'd say amen. She, there's no shame in her game. She's going to play until she wins. She's a winner. There's, some, there's something. Now, I know it's annoying. I know that's annoying. You know who it's annoying to? Her competitors. You want to annoy the devil? 
Just keep, just tell him, just let him know. This ain't over till I win. <laughs> no, I don't lose. I'm, I'm, it's, it's still on until I win. Amen. Any other questions? No? Mary Agnes, you got anything to say? You're so beautiful, Mama. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I pray that this was helpful to you today. I know we jumped right in there and got into some stuff. It was very, uh, um, very much, uh, well, you know, it was good. Amen. Amen. It, it is what it is, and it's need, what we need to say. So, uh, hey, I'm excited, but yes, sir? What? Next week? Yeah, we'll talk about next. Yeah, we'll talk about some of these other things next week. We will jump in and we will talk about uh, some of these other questions that we have. We're almost really, I mean, we've only got seven or eight more. So <laughs> now along with Hilda's, you know, we had 13. So I've knocked out one, two, three. <laughs> no, actually, actually, no, I've done here. Knowing your authority, discerning between the flesh and the beast. Yeah, see, there's, there's quite a few. So let me tell you what they are so you know what they are. So we, we, we talked about ministering or mental oppression, mental illness, uh, binding and loosing we spoke about, um, what I need to know to successfully deal with an evil spirit. Um, so what we haven't covered is knowing the difference uh, between um, um, spirits, you know, what, uh, you know, I'm, what's the difference between spirit of Jezebel, I guess, and any other spirit, but um, knowing your authority, that one will take a minute, uh, discerning the difference between flesh and demons, giving place to the devil, does that give them authority or permission to come into your life? Uh, what about anointing your house? Is that, is that effective? Is that something that we can do? What about mass deliverance? Is that something that is effective? Something that we should uh, participate in or something that we should, you know, something that is good? Uh, can you see demons with your natural eye? And how do you know when someone needs deliverance? And how do angels work? So uh, come into play. So we still have a few things to cover. And uh, I think as we get into some of these, I covered, I covered the two that I felt like that we could get into and cover them completely today. But the rest of them will take them kind of one or two. And th this will be an interest, these will be an interesting journey. Are y'all still excited about this? Yeah. Amen. All right, good. I pray that this is helping you. I know, I know I'm not scratching the itch of some of you uh, by, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, giving you a, some kind of a prayer cloth or something that's going to, you know, make you the he-man and she-ra of the demon a slaying world. But, um, but hopefully by the time this is over with, you'll know exactly how, to, how you need to do to deal with the, uh, spiritual warfare in your own life. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Uh, we're, we, we thank you for your spirit. Uh, Lord, we, we continue to give place to you uh, in our lives, Lord. We, we're, giving, we're giving it our all. Uh, everything to you, Lord. And so my prayer, Father, is, is that your people will continue to be encouraged in their pursuit of you. God, that they will not give up.
that they will uh, hang on, that they will not be discouraged, but they will be strong in you and in the strength and in the power of your might, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the freedom uh, that you've set us free with. May we live in it and may it be contagious and get on others in Jesus' name. Uh, may, may, may demon spirits and uh, demonic authorities be torn down because your people live in that victory uh, that you've in that freedom that you've given them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Go in his presence. Don't forget the remainder of things we have going this week. Outreach Friday. And then Sunday. Sunday. We will be here Sunday. Amen. Excited about all that the Lord is doing. So I'll see you for sure Sunday in the name of Jesus.